It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello to all. Welcome to Divas at Care Network. I am Joyce Benning, and I will be your host for this invigorating, robust lifestyle show. I want to thank each one of our listeners. I am very grateful for each one of you, and I am so excited you are here today as I have one of my monthly returning guests with me, Beth Parrish, and she is going to speak about the story of her horses, Indy and Pepper. Oh, man, I know this is going to be a really invigorating show today. Beth, could you please introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself today? Sure. Thank you so much for having me back, Joyce. I'm Beth Lauren Parrish, and I have the business Inspired Riding. And I'm a certified riding instructor as well as a remote coach. I've done some animal communication sessions as well, although I'm more focused on helping my students learn how to do that themselves. And I'm all about empowering equestrians to trust themselves by learning about their intuition, fine-tuning it, listening to their horses, learning about telepathy, and then really becoming the best dance partners that they can be for their horses. And so Inspired Riding is all about empowering riders and allowing them to be more confident in all ways and to have more fun. Oh, oh, how beautiful, Beth. Oh, I just love that, how you're empowering riders and dancing with your horse. Oh, how beautiful. That is just gorgeous. <laughs> what a beautiful, you are a very busy lady, everything that you are doing, and how rewarding that must be to have be the instructor and see your riders grow and start to help empower them and have them and their horses come together. Oh, what a what a beautiful, rewarding experience that must be. <laughs> well, actually, oh, you're so welcome. Uh, let's start telling our listeners a little bit about one of your horses named Indy. Can you maybe share with the listeners the origin and a little bit about Indy? Absolutely. Well, Indy is a gorgeous thoroughbred. He's all black with a white stripe. And I met him when I was working in California at a place called Rancho Tahunga. And I was working uh, full-time as an instructor and trainer. And the next-door neighbor actually had Indy. His name was John. And he and I would actually talk over the fence while we were riding our horses. And the fence was quite high. <laughs> and so it kind of reminded me of that show Home Improvement where the neighbor would just, you just sort of see his head. And <laughs> you, can just, you can hear what he's saying. And he was, he was very wise. Um, and we became fast friends. And John was like an extra father figure to me. And we would talk all the time about horses and training and life. And... um he was actually diagnosed with cancer, and he knew he was not having much more time on this earth. So he started to look for homes for his horses. And when Indy came to mind, he did not know who to place him with because he actually had a really hard start in life. He had uh, 
been bred to race, and he actually lived with his mom. His mom was named Perfect Reality. She was another gorgeous bay mare. And he went to the racetrack but was never really interested in running. So they brought him back home. And then he was sold to someone who wanted to try eventing with him. And they did well at first, and then they started to overface him and have him jumping too high. And he just wasn't working out. And so there was some strangeness in that issue with with that sale. But somehow he came back to John and John sent him out to a dressage trainer um, who did a lot of upper-level stuff with him because he was such an athletic mover. But I don't think they actually gave him a sound foundation. So he was taught, like, you can think of, like, a horse being taught calculus and arithmetic without really learning how to add and subtract, you know. So he didn't have a solid foundation, uh-huh. and he was just overfaced many times. And then he even went to uh, Money Roberts' place, Flag is Up, and um, so – Imagine all of that training, and he was only seven years old when I met him. So he was a little bit fritzed out to the point where when I first met him, I walked into the round pen to meet him. And if you remember the movie The Black Stallion and and how much energy that horse had, and, and it was just full of life, and it would rear up at the drop of a hat, and that was Indy. So I walked into the round pen to meet him, and he just reared up, and I was like oh, my gosh, this is a lot of horse. <laughs> That's pretty much what I thought of. <laughs> but then he would, like, calm down, and you could tell he was really looking for a connection. And mm-hmm. I just would ride him occasionally, but every once in a while he would rear up while I was riding, and that kind of scared me. Um, but I just did my best to go slow and stay quiet with him. And eventually I made the decision to take on his ownership, and he was given to me because John wasn't really sure who else could take him. And so our lives together were were, uh, definitely very rocky. I I had employed some other trainers to help me with him to be safe. Mm -hmm. And they, while they were technically good on the mental aspect, they were not the best. Like there was one day where I was about to ride and they said, how's the wild thing today? And I'm like, you know, that's really not a great way to set up the lesson to say that. (laughs) So Uh I was I was actually a little bit on edge that day anyway. And so, you know, dealing with the rearing issue and dealing with the horse that just had anxiety in general, and then you start that as lesson wasn't the best. And that was the only only time I actually came off of him was that day. He started bucking, and I think I could have stayed on, but I think I just allowed myself to fall because I, I saw where I could, and I just relaxed into it, and thank goodness I did not get mm-hmm. hurt. But at that point, I had been working with him for, I'd say, a good eight months to a year and at that wow. point, I just sat there. I'm like, you know what? I cannot afford to get hurt. I was, at the time, in my early 20s, I was doing a lot of exercise riding, a lot of training, a lot of teaching. And Indy was my special project, but I also felt like I couldn't give him enough time to really devote to what he needed. So we ended mm-hmm. up sending him out to my husband, um, my husband's sister and brother-in-law's ranch in Arizona. It was a very remote ranch and it had thousands and thousands of acres. So we thought he could just go and live with the cattle and learn how to be a cow horse and, and hopefully that would be a fun life and his niece and nephew could ride him. So we actually brought him all the way out there um, from California and this was two hours southeast of Tucson. And so he got there and <laughs> his niece got on to ride and they were riding around beautifully and next thing you know he sees um, some cattle and he had never seen cows before. 
And he did a complete 180 and took off, and she could not get him to go turn around. <laughs> it was just like, nope. That was a big nope. <laughs> so they ended up actually having him live with cows, so he had to push them away in order to get to his food. So India is very mm -hmm. food-motivated. I'm sure you may have seen pictures of him doing his funny face, like he'll do anything for treats. So long story short, he started to pin his ears and push cattle. And, you know, they used him a little bit, but he mostly just hung out there. Um, so I kind of joke he's an older horse with really low mileage because we haven't done that much with him. <laughs> um, uh -huh. So at some point, they, they had to move from that ranch, and so they had to send him back to us. So when I got him, he actually, we think he had flipped over, and he had some back issues, and he had a really funny bump on his nose. So um, the vet said, you know, you could probably just get on and walk on him, but mostly he'll just be an ornament. I said, that's fine. You know, we want to take care of this horse. So I ended up teaching mm -hmm. him tricks. I taught him Spanish walk. I taught him how to um, do a little bow. I taught him how to do the funny face. Funny face is his most favorite thing. And um, mm -hmm. you know, so we just let him be a fun trick horse for about a year. And then there was a point where he started limping. And we brought him to the vet, and the vet looked at him briefly before an x-ray, and he said, oh, I hope it's not what I think it is, because if it is, we might have to put him down. So my heart dropped. I'm like, no. And uh, so he did the x-ray, and he goes, oh, good. It's not what I thought. I don't remember exactly what it was at this point. But then he started doing an exam of the rest of his body, and he looked at his back again. And he said, well, I don't know what you guys have been doing, but once the, the knee heals, the leg heals, um, you could actually start riding him again. And I, I just went, wait, we went from almost having to put him down to now he can be rideable. It was like really a huge one in that vet visit. <laughs> so that was incredible. Um, so, yeah, he healed from that. And I actually took him to some really good equine body workers and uh, chiropractors. And then mm -hmm. very, very slowly I started riding him again. And at that point, you know, I had more time for him. We were living in Texas. He was right there at my home instead of at a boarding facility. And I would literally get on, walk around one lap or two, hop off and do that and just keep increasing the minutes just at the walk. And it wasn't until, like, the mm -hmm. fifth or sixth ride I even attempted to trot. And then we'd trot for, like, half of the round pen and then stop. I mean, we went so slow, mostly because I was nervous about what he would do. And secondly, I just wanted to build him up really slowly and – it worked out beautifully, and we actually started getting into a groove, and we were doing really well, and I was just starting to consider, like, taking him to clinics and things like that, and then we had another bump in the road where we had to evacuate, and there was a fire at our property, and we lost the home, but all the horses were safe, so we got out, and um, then we were displaced for a while, so it wasn't for another six months before I started riding him again. And there, there was a beautiful covered arena where we were boarding and we were renting an apartment nearby. And that's where I really started to do a lot more dressage and a lot more focus work. And he did beautifully. I mean, there were still moments where he would, he was very sensitive and expressive. So he wouldn't rear anymore, but he would toss his head up and he would make these noises like, <laughs> it was very strange. <laughs> but he was very expressive. So, you know, if he didn't like something, he would tell you. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. so that was. Long story short, we ended up going to two beautiful clinics with an amazing clinician, Whit Watkins, and she was so good with us. And I really started to feel like I was building his top line. We were having some gorgeous moments where he's wanting to stretch, and I just felt like I had a proper dressage horse. So I even registered him with USDF. His original name on the um, jockey papers were it was Inductee, so I changed it to Indy. 
And then for the USDF mm-hmm. papers, I said, let's call him, don't call me Junior from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So <laughs> I thought that would be fun. So that was his official name. And we were actually going to go do a clinic with Ann Gribbins the next month. And that was in, let's see, July 2017. And I had just bought a really mm-hmm. fancy dressage saddle that I thought he was going to love. And previously we were just using a little jump saddle and it was totally fine. He liked it. And this saddle, it was only my second time riding in it. And I got the sense that maybe I should lunge him, but I did not. And that is when I should have listened to my intuition. And I was riding around and I could tell he was a little uncomfortable. And I just said, oh, let's just do one more trot. And sure enough, he spooked, bucked, and I was on the ground screaming. My knee had been torn. The like I tore my ACL and MCL. <laughs> and he stood over me. He didn't move a muscle. And he was like, I'm so sorry, Mom. And I knew it, it, he didn't mean to hurt me at all. And I just sat there knowing, mm-hmm. okay, things are about to change. And that was when we made the decision to move to Atlanta, Georgia, where my husband could work more in the film industry and I could recover. Mm-hmm. But since then, I have not ridden him. And I've let friends ride him that are in the stunt business and know how to ride. And he's just sort of been hanging out. So it's been like one of those up and down lives with him. But overall, he's the sweetest horse I've ever met. Like, he just wants to be loved. He, like, soaks up the Reiki whenever I do Reiki sessions with him. And he, he tolerates his little brother pushing him around, you know. And he's just, he's just <laughs> and he's a goofball. Like, he just loves to do his tricks all the time, and he'll do that all day long. So that that's the, oh. the long and short version of my, my life with Indy. And I'm just so blessed to have him in my life. I'm really glad we did get him back. And he's taught me so much about being patient and having courage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I can read it. Um, that is so beautiful, Beth. I mean, how how you kept going on with him. I mean, he he. It sounds like he was very stressed and high anxiety from the way he had been pushed in his early years. To like you said, he didn't learn the basics. He just went right in full force. That was a lot for a young horse to handle. Oh wow! You two. The universe brought you two together. It was meant to be. I can see it. I can feel oh, it. Yeah. Oh, and I, I get chills now because I know John's watching over us. His um, his widow said right before he died that he would send feathers to all of his friends and family. So the most beautiful oh. thing happened when he moved from the ranch and came back to Texas to us. The stall where we had planned for him to arrive at, had like uh-huh. seven huge white feathers in there. And I looked down and I just started crying. I was like, oh, John's happy. I'm getting back. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. Oh, really oh Beth, I just got chills from that. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, that's incredible. What a sign. What a beautiful sign that his spirit is right there with you and Indy and watching that's- over you and how happy he is. Oh, my. Oh, oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, wow. I realized I should probably share that. Now I'm crying, so hopefully I can keep talking. <laughs> oh, well, it definitely gave me the chills. I could feel that emotion through the through our conversation. That was beautiful. Oh, what a beautiful way to know that uh, you're doing exactly what he wanted you to do. And bringing India along like that and giving him a home and having the patience, that's another thing. Because do you feel a lot of times that writers, owners of 
different horses. They don't take the time and the patience to work through some of the issues that have been created in a previous ownership. Yeah, I, there's a there's a difference, I think, though. A lot of people have patience, but a lot of people just don't have the wherewithal of what to do with them. Like, some yeah. people might keep doing the same thing over and over again, and they're not getting the results they want. And that's obviously the definition of insanity. So you have to take a step back and, and look at different perspectives like for me, I just, I ask my horse, I get tuned in with my heart, you know, and then I also get confirmation from other of my friends that are animal communicators. And we just go on an energetic level and see what the horse needs. So some people are definitely not patient enough to tune in that way. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it is it is right. tricky. But there are way, way more people open to this perspective, which I appreciate. And I'm so glad that people are starting to make these shifts now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there's all sorts of people, just like there are all sorts of humans out there. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, if there's a horse that's giving you trouble out there and you just don't know what to do, there's actually not a horrible thing about trying to find a better home for them. I mean, we even had to do that with another horse we had for a while, and he's now thriving with this new owner. So don't think that just because you're thinking of getting your horse a new home that you've, like, done something wrong. Like, it just might not be a good match. And that's just like mm-hmm. human relations. You know, you have to allow them to move on and then they can find their right place. Right, right. The horse has to, I know one lady once told me, she said it's it's as much finding the horse a home as it is the person finding a horse. Because she said the horse has to connect too. It's not just a human connect, it's a horse connect also. And I thought, oh, how beautiful, how very true that is. Very important. Well, I and a question that I kind of, I had listened to the interview you did with Indy on your podcast, and I thought that was so awesome. I loved that. And I loved how you asked him, how do horses feel safe when leaving home? And I totally understand now why you asked that, because these have to be boarded in different places when you didn't have the facilities to keep him right there with you. So I thought, oh, what a beautiful question. And can you share with our listeners, please, what Indy's answers were on that? I thought that was so oh awesome. God, I never. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish I had that right in front of me. Um, do you remember? And then I can, I can well, fill in. Uh-huh. I loved how that uh, to explain to them the plan and have plenty oh. of hay for them and send the images from and explain when he said to send the images sent that he will return home or you will return to him. So some of our listeners know that kind of animal communication can come through the images like that. I thought that was beautiful if you could explain oh, that. Yeah, so basically, you know, that's something I tell all of my clients. So whether you believe in animal communication or not, if you just start speaking out loud what the plan is and you tell them exactly what's going to happen. Like, okay, hey, Indy, uh, we want to get you in the trailer. We're going to take you to this place. It's going to be really fun. We're going to go, like, walk around on a trail, but no pressure. And it's only going to take, like, an hour, and then we're going to put you back on the trailer, and then you're going to come home and hang out with your pepper. You know, like, something like that. Like, be that specific. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. This is how long it will take. Um, this is what you're probably going to see. So as you're speaking, you're going to start creating images in your mind by default. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so you just think about those images, and then you can just breathe into your heart a little bit and then just really show them that picture. Like let it become a movie in your whole essence and then send that whole movie idea to them as well. And then that should help kind of calm them. And then just by speaking out loud, then they know what's going on. They're like, oh, you're not just sending me away. I'm never going to see my friends again or I'm never going to be home mm-hmm. with you again. You know, they just, they never know. And it's like such a freaky thing, especially when people are impatient and they're just trying to throw them into the trailer. Let's go. Like, wait, what the heck's happening? My whole world is changing, you know. <laughs> it's just really yeah. not very right. fair. <laughs> so no. that's for like traveling and when you're leaving them behind the same thing like hey i want to take pack of pepper to a clinic um i'm going to leave you here but my friend's going to come hang out with you for a little while and you're going to have lots of hay and you know we'll be back in a few hours so before the sun sets you know you'll see our trailer come back and you can win at him and get all excited but until then just stay chill and, and i love you and thanks for hanging out you know <laughs> so it's right. just like things like that and that should really help them um understand so I think that's important to do and I used to do that actually with my old horse who was terrified of jumping but if I actually spoke about every jump that we were going to go to next he would calm down and I just talked him through the whole course it was really cool (laughs) oh that's beautiful yes and I love the heart connection connect with them and just let them know just talk I talk to mine like they're another they are a living creature. Like a person. I talk to them just yeah. like, right, I talk to them just like I would a person. We carry on a conversation, and I'm like, I'm sure if anybody was out here that didn't know what I was doing, they think, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah. But for me, it makes sense. Like, time. I just would understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. I want to let them know what's happening, and, like, I'll go feed him, and I'll say, okay, I'm going to go back and get your hay now. You just eat here, and I'll be right back with the hay, and I'm going to spray you for the flies. And Yeah, I just kind of give them a picture of what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah, it's better It's better that way. It's better not to surprise them, too, and then it kind of sets you up, and it slows you down because a lot of people just, like, charge into stuff, and <laughs> it gets you to realize, hey, this is a relationship. I need to be really methodical about how we go about doing things and then the horse can relax because they know you're going to be true to your word and you're going to be consistent and that that's what they're looking yeah. for is just that you're going <laughs> to keep being the same human they do you know not freak out mm-hmm. on them <laughs> exactly oh yes that's so beautiful well another thing tip i picked up i loved how you talked about how they connect energetically with other horses now, do you yes. feel they connect only with the horses that are around them, or do you feel they connect with horses that maybe they have had in their past or horses that have even crossed over? How do you feel on that one, Beth? That one I do remember, and Indy told me that he connects with his buddies that have crossed over, and um uh-huh. he says that's kind of when, when I see him kind of zoning out, he's actually in conference with them energetically. So I I actually wrote a fiction book that has a lot to do with this. And part of it is that the horses have like their own home planet and they go back to that when they've crossed over and then they have conferences about our planet and our humans and the other horses and, and they can still connect. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really kind of wild and fun, but it makes sense to me because um, I, I can still connect to the horses that have crossed over and 
Um, I never actually asked them specifically about how they connect to my horses that are still here. So that might be a fun conversation next. But it was really neat to hear Andy talk about that. And so he, he doesn't mm -hmm. feel alone. It's like his energetic herd is around him, which is really beautiful. Oh, that is beautiful. And that has probably helped him through some of the times that he's gone through that have been a little more stressful for him because he always felt he had the herd with him spiritually. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love how they connect energetically. And Do you feel humans can kind of do that also, or do you feel that's just something horses can do? Oh, I know humans can. Um, I've done it, and I know my sister does it, and many, many humans mm -hmm. out there. We have so many more abilities than people realize, and we've just been conditioned yeah. not to tune into them, but... They're, they're all there. You just have to get quiet enough to accept them and, and, and tap into them and practice. I mean, it, it's just like anything else in this world and, you know, other dimensions. You can actually let yourself get quiet enough and tune into other dimensions, and it's it's pretty amazing. And, and that's where I get a lot of downloads, information, my creativity flows when I go there. So, And that's where I've created some meditations that help you get there. It's really awesome. Oh, yes. Oh, beautiful. I love that answer because, yeah, I've, I feel the same way. My dad and I are very close, and I feel his spirit is always with me. He's right there helping everything. So, yes, I love that coming from you. That is beautiful to hear. <laughs> well, how do you feel? What are some maybe some things, and with Indy's past, because he was pushed pretty hard at a young age, how do you feel Indy feels? are some maybe some points that writers that he doesn't like that writers tend have done with him in the past. Oh yeah, he hates pressure, like any kind of pressure. Like literally if if he's not ready for something, he'll he'll make a gulping sound like whoop. Like that is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I would I know literally look at him and go, We're safe, we're not doing anything major he's like, Oh, okay. Like but he just still gets so tense, like it's almost like he creates this huge force field around him, like, okay, what do I need to brace against? So he just needs yeah. people to realize that <laughs> the softer you go, the more you go with the flow, the more clear you are, and the slower you go, the better it is for horses. But if you try to, like, charge into things and, and push them way past them what they're ready for, it's, it's just going to snowball into bad things. So, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's <laughs> a big advocate for going slow and quiet and be as sensitive as possible. Like, he's one of my favorite horses to work with in hand because he really softens in the bridle when I play with him that way, and he just, he'll, he'll move his body in very quiet, intricate ways. And um, oh. and he reminds me to be really soft and specific because if I get, like, ahead of myself, he'll just stop, and he'll just look at me and go, no, you're not being clear. <laughs> <laughs> so he helps change. It's really cool. <laughs> so he, oh, he helps wow. us stay, stay in the moment, you know. Mm -hmm. That's good. Oh, how so beautiful. Moment, you, don't pressure them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, don't pressure them. Slow down. Pause, breathe, and smile, and just enjoy the moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I go back to your saying all the time. I love it. Pause, breathe, and smile. And that's kind of the same of what it sounds like Indy is telling you sometimes. Just pause, breathe, and smile. 
Always. He's got that smile down. <laughs> oh, I've seen some of the pictures on your website. Oh, they're just adorable. I love them. <laughs> oh, how sweet. Well, and he loves me yeah. laugh. Yeah. He. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, he is a very special horse. I can tell that. I can tell the love. I can feel the love between you and him through our conversation. That is just beautiful. He has he has found his forever home. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. Oh. Well, Beth, this interview has gone so fast. We <laughs> will have to do another whole interview just to talk about Pepper now. <laughs> I I think that sounds great. We'll give them their their proper time. I like it. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. They both deserve it, definitely. Well, what are some final tips you would like to leave with our listeners today and maybe something you have learned through Indy or something just you have learned through all of your experiences? What would you like us today? I, especially in Indy's case, and I know a lot of people have this issue he would rear up a lot of times and people get really frantic when that happens. The biggest tip I'm going to give you is when they rear up, they are, they have reached way past their threshold. So if you get angry or freaked out, it's going to make it worse. So you have to find whatever you can to get yourself super calm and Zen and just wait. Just don't do anything. Just be really soft and wait for them to come back to earth. And once their feet are back on the earth, don't punish them. Just be relaxed. Give them praise. Say, you're safe, I promise. And then you find ways to get them to relax and soften. And even if you need to go find some food for them to munch, you get their parasympathetic mode going back again. Because if you start to react badly when they rear, it's only going to make it worse. So that's something I really want to um, remind people that when that happens, just get yourself, like, you have to become, like, totally zen and patient and calm and i know it's scary but keep yourself safe like keep yourself out of the kick zone um and then um, just stay really calm and then just move on as if it never happened because remember they're in the moment so if you keep thinking oh no it's going to rear again that's not going to help things that might create it again so remember we, we create our reality so just stay in the zone that you want your horse to be Yes. Um, oh, beautiful, beautiful <laughs> tip. I loved it. That was great. I loved it, Beth. <laughs> well, Beth, I want to thank you so much for all this great information you shared about India and your two's experience. This was just beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I love being able to do this. Oh, you are so welcome. And we, I love doing it, too, with you. This is just great. And listeners, remember to tune in every third Monday at 10 o'clock Central Time to hear more wonderful, knowledgeable information from Beth Parrish. And I want to thank all of our listeners today. And be sure to check out all the hosts and their shows on DivasAtCare.com. Have a fantastic day. Be kind to all. Give your animals that big extra hug and share your love with them. Until we connect again on Robust Lifestyles, stay strong and healthy. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.